ladies and gentlemen. It's once again time for Pastor Talk. You have Pastor Mike here, and you have our awesome director of junior high, Josh Winters. Hey, I'm the director of junior high, Josh Winters. <laughs> that was so glorious. Thank you. I like that. <laughs> so our conversation today is about following God's direction in your life. And as we talked about this, we're going to be looking into the uh, Israelites in Numbers 14 and 15. So if you'd like to like hit pause and read Numbers chapter 14 and 15 right now to get a little bearing of what we're talking about, feel free to do so because we're, we're not going to read it all because, yeah, I don't want to read that much. It's hard. Reading is hard. So give you a little bearing of where the Israelites are at here. They've sent out the 12 spies to check out the land flowing with milk and honey. And they come back with their report, report of the land. And of course, Joshua and Caleb are like, yeah, God is with us. Let's go do this. It is awesome. I mean, look at the grapes on that vine we brought back. Totally sweet. Let's do this. And then the other 10 go, very scary. There's giants. They're going to get us. They're going to get us. They're going to get us. And they, they, physically speaking, they had a reason to. They were bigger guys, fortified walls, all of that kind of stuff. So they. Cities well protected. Yeah. Yeah. So they had, I mean, they, uh, military speaking, they had, they had some reason to, but we're going to see Joshua and Caleb. Don't care about that, and they had they had a different focus. They had the power of their God behind them, and yeah. they knew that. And what's kind of crazy? Some commentators talk about these uh, twelve guys that were chosen to go spy out the land were military leaders within the Israelite community. So these guys should have two things behind them: one, they know how to lead military wise, and two, they have the Almighty, powerful God behind them. So with that mindset, you would think they'd all 12 come back and go, yeah, let's do this. Not only are we like so smart and so military minded, but we got God. How could we go wrong? And that's exactly how Caleb and and Joshua looked at it. The other guys, though, they cried and said, no, we can't go there. It's too scary. We're not going to do this. And that's where our conversation starts up. (laughs) So they're going against God's plan because God said, this land I'm giving to you, you're going to go in, you're going to take it over. We're going to wipe out all these false worshipers and such and get rid of these evil, nasty people so they don't corrupt you, my chosen people. But they don't listen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, and this is, it's, it's easier to look back and say, well, I would have listened because I know <laughs> all of this stuff, but... Like you're you're looking at all of this, and this is right after all the plagues. This is right after God just demonstrated His great power in Egypt. This is right after all of that kind of stuff. So they have a history with God already, mm-hmm. but they just decided, or they, in their minds, have thought this next challenge is gonna be too big for God. This <laughs> next challenge, because splitting the Red Sea and letting us walk through and, and devouring an Egyptian army. That's that's what God can do, but these walls, they're big. So um, Joshua and Caleb, not just that, but like focused on what God has already done for them. Mm-hmm. It was like because He's already proven this and said we're gonna do this, we've got this. 
it's going to be hard. It's going to have some some tactics and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But we've got this because God has already proven himself in all of these great ways. Yeah, yeah. Now, for as we relate it to uh, modern times with us in the Holy Spirit era and such, post-Jesus on this earth, uh, we look at it, and it, this conversation all depends on your, your maturity in Christ, I suppose. If you're young in your walk, then yeah, things are going to be scary. You haven't built up that relationship really strong with God, so you don't know if you can get through these yeah. situations. You don't know if he's going to be there for you because you just haven't experienced it yet, sure. so you got to grow in that. But if you're calling yourself a mature Christian and a strong Christian, then when God says, go and do, it should be easy for us, even though it's scary, <laughs> it always is. It should be easy for us to trust in him, rely upon him, and go and do those things. Yep. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So uh, Joshua, Caleb, Moses, Aaron, they, they get extremely distraught that the Israelites do this thing. So they're, they're ripping their robes and on the ground, go, just uh, prostrated, and uh, just... I can't think of a word. <laughs> they're just distraught yeah. because the Israelites are going against God. And they just can't believe it's happening. Um, we want to read you a few verses here. We're going to be in chapter 14. And we've got verses 37 and 38. And so this is what happens when the Israelites go against God. So you have the 12 spies. Two of them, Caleb and Joshua, then you have the other ten men. And that's this is referring to the other ten men. The men who brought up a bad report of the land died by a plague before the Lord. That kind of makes you feel like maybe you should follow God's direction, especially since you just experienced so much of his supernatural power prior to this point. (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead. I I think this was God, like giving the Israelites a wake-up call. Like, these ten guys just spoke out against me and for Canaanite territory mm-hmm. because they think they're they're better. They're not going to be able to win. I, I mean, I this has to be just, like, just God calling them out and being like, don't be fools like these guys. Look, mm-hmm. um, 38 says, of these men... Uh, who went and spied out the land, only Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, remained alive. The only two people that actually had God's back are the ones that are alive. Right. <laughs> They're the only ones that, that lived. And this has to be God's, like, this warning for the rest of the nation of, see what happens? See what happens when you follow after me. Things are going to go well. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be ba- blessed. But if you don't, these are like, these, these are the people I'm giving you guys a warning for. Mm-hmm. Don't be like these people. I don't like to plague you. I don't uh, like to do this. And really on the, the other 10, it's really they're really being blasphemous. Yeah. Because they're saying the Canaanites are better than God. Yeah. Stronger than God. Absolutely. <laughs> they're yeah. degrading their God. It's like, oh my gosh. God does this, you know, throughout the Old Testament. You mm-hmm. blaspheme God. You start, like, worshiping. You start entering into to God's holiness with his permission, without the permission of an all-powerful God, like, he has to take drastic action. Mm-hmm. And I think he does it in small steps like this, 10 at a time here, and then, you know, the rest of the nation, just to warn the people and draw people into him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, in our modern times, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you go against God, he's probably not going to give you a plague, more than likely. Probably. More than likely. <laughs> but he's going to put a roadblock in your path. Yeah. 
So as followers of Christ, and God says, go and do, and we say, uh, a little too scary, God, I don't want to do that. And we start going a different direction away from God. He's going he's gonna to put hardships in our way to try to turn us around and go towards the direction he wants yeah. us to go. I've experienced that time and time again in my life. <laughs> But more often in everyone yeah. else's life, I've experienced. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, because Mike, you are a saint. I, I'm totally You're a, a saint. saint. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, well, and usually this comes up because you're experiencing a hardship in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's a hardship that you have to overcome and actually rely on God and give him, like sacrifice everything for him in order to do this. Like. They wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for Canaanite territory already, if it wasn't for Jericho standing in their way of God's promises already. But God, you know, it says that if a father loves his son, they're going to discipline him. They're Mm -hmm. going to do that. And that's more for our time. It's not... I just get all these images of movies of like, smite me, mighty smiter. (laughs) Like, that's not God. He doesn't desire that for us. In fact, he wants to like, just give us a little nudge and point us in that right direction and and, and have us refocused Mm -hmm. onto what he, what he's doing in our life. Cause it's going to be so much better than the alternative. (laughs) I have a lovely Mike discipline story through God. Would you like to hear this? Absolutely. (laughs) So this is early 20s and very immature in my walk in Christ. And in fact, my false God was a pickup truck. Didn't have to be new, but I needed a pickup or I desired a pickup. I didn't necessarily need it at that time in life. And uh, so that was my focus and very thin level of relationship with God and knowledge of the Bible and such. And so I'm telling God that he needs to supply me a pickup. And I even pointed out on the street as I was going to work that day, that particular pickup, which was a really shoddy, old, beat-up vehicle in the first place. I didn't need that. <laughs> but furthermore, I'm telling God he has to give it, give it, to, give it to me, for me, whatever, however you want to put that. And um, guess what? He didn't. He didn't. And then... F- Going from that point forward, I started to go through vehicle after vehicle after vehicle, mm-hmm. whether it was the vehicle didn't last or got repossessed or accident or whatever. And so through my life, I've gone through a plethora of vehicles with issue after issue after issue. And it all relates to that moment in time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And as I matured, actually, it was within that like a year or two through that is like I matured enough to understand that I went against God. Actually, I knew it when I said it, I felt it and went, Oh, that was the wrong thing to do, but too late now, Michael (laughs) (laughs) expect discipline and bear through it because you deserve it. Um, But yeah, I always look back at that point and go through, yeah, I'm up, up to car number 45 now in my life. And it's because I was stupid (laughs) back when I was young twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Man, but he didn't give me a plague and kill me, so I've got that going. Yeah, for me. yeah. Again, he, he's not smiting anymore. No, he's, but no, that's yeah. That's, it, that's how discipline works. Because at that young twenties, the whole time he was saying, "Hey, Mike, come closer to me. Come to me. Yeah. I'm gonna bless you. Just do it." And I just kept putting up the hand. I gotta work. I gotta work. I gotta yeah. work all the time. I can't focus on God. <laughs> and then I grew closer to him. <laughs> the discipline worked. <laughs> it, it, it takes some time, though. It takes some time mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're slow learners. We get there. We get there. I'm kind of a slow thought, too, as well. So, you know, 
It does. It's not hours. It's not minutes. It's not necessarily days. It's months and years for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at, at least you're here now. At least, at least we got there. <sighs> so the Israelites, going back to them yes. now. So you got the ten that that received a plague and died right in front of the Israelites. And then you got the other people that are thinking, um, yeah, uh, that's bad. So maybe we should actually go take over this land. And I always, I totally forget the stories. I've, I've read Old Testament so many times, yeah. but I always forget this story that the Israelites think we can do it on our own. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll read 40 verses, uh, 44 and 45 here in chapter 14. And, uh, then we'll, we'll talk about it. It says, but they presumed to go up to the heights of the hill country, although neither the ark nor the covenant of the Lord nor Moses departed out of the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in that hill country came down and defeated them and pursued them even to Hormah. So they decide, I guess this you, it would be uh, related to religion today where you're making up your own laws yeah. and traditions and such and saying, hey, here's what we're going to do. We'll make God happy. We'll go without him and without our leader Moses that God put in place and we'll go take over this country that we're scared of. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's a good point too. It's kind of like the religion of, I know this is what we're supposed to do because the 10 people that were opposed to it just died. Mm -hmm. I know this is what we're supposed to do, but we're not actually seeking God and figuring out how we're supposed to do it. (laughs) Right? Like if they would have just said, Oh shoot, God's right. I'm I'm, let's focus. Let's have a meeting. Moses, when are we ready to go? Are we, do we got the Ark of the covenant? Are we, are we doing this? (laughs) Actually beseech God first. Then maybe what they did was okay, but they decided to do so out of fear, out of, out of anxiety of what God's going to do, out of all of the bad reasons. Mm-hmm. And it ended, they ended up falling on their face. They ended up getting defeated and then being driven out even further away than where their camp was at now. <laughs> From where they started. Because they're like, this is what we're supposed to do, so now I have to do this. Instead of, God, how would you like us to do this? We know you want us to do it. We know you have this promise, but how? What's the game plan? Mm-hmm. And actually beseeching him instead of taking it into their own hands. Yeah. So like in our modern lives, it's, it's like I said, like religion where you say, okay, I know I'm supposed to go to church. Yeah. So I'll go do that. I know I'm supposed to go serve at this one time thing. So I'll, I'll go do that because mm-hmm. it's loving my neighbor. So I should do that. <laughs> Maybe you're even part of a, a Bible study because you say as a follower of Jesus, I'm supposed to be part of these little communities and learn more. So I'll go to those. But your heart's not in it and you're not desiring to grow further with God. Yeah. You're not loving your neighbor when you're going out to do that. You're just saying, I've, I've done this this year, so I'm good till next year. <laughs> Check the box. Yep. Um, so it's, it's kind of the same thing as, as the yeah. Israelites thousands of years ago where you're just doing you know you're supposed to do the things that God tells you to do, and so you're left cheek doing them. Can we say it that way? I, sure. <laughs> you're <laughs> not doing it the right absolutely. way. <laughs> See how many comments we get in on that one. People have figured it out. <laughs> uh, what's cool, what's relatable with uh, Israelites in this next chapter 15 and uh, for us today in the uh, followers of Christ, Holy Spirit era that we're in. Um, chapter 15, it eventually talks about, towards the end of it, talks about the fact that uh, to help them remember God's word, they're putting these tassels on their garments, at the bottom of the garments, and it has the blue thread in it. Yeah. And as you look at the uh, 
the uh, symbolism within those tassels. It's calling them both both uh, kings and priests. It's relating to their leadership within the community. Because uh, these tassels are things that the leaders in the community would have, yeah. the kings and the priests and things like that. And so if you look at that, and if you look at to 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, it talks about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Us as, as children of God were kings and priests yeah. within his kingdom. And I just thought that was, so, that was so cool when I came across that. The simple fact of, you know, God never changes. We know that, right? <laughs> but the symbolism he uses in Old Testament same thing is being used here in New Testament, just in a different way. Yeah. yeah. Still symbolizing <laughs> that we are his people. We are his, his chosen children. And uh, we are all kings and priests. And we should act that way. We should. We should hold our titles appropriately. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of <laughs> like we should uh, be and live out who God has already declared us to be. That's strange. That's wacky, and, wild and stuff. Instead of it? searching for it, let's just do what God has already said that we are. Let's, <laughs> let's just from... Numbers chapter 15. There let's you go. Just, let's just do that. <laughs> so, Josh. Yeah. Let's let's change up and, well, not really change up, but get into uh, personal times yeah. of us. God is uh, telling us to go do something scary, and we followed through with it. So why don't you go ahead and go first? Cause ours are similar, but different, because it's you and me. How about I uh, go back and go also talk about a time that... I was acting like the Israelites and said, I know this is what God wants for me, but I just kind of did whatever I wanted to do anyway. Um, (laughs) um, Both stories kind of go together. Um, I was living in Arizona. I had married, married my wife. We, we started like a a youth group at a, at a church um, or, you know, started working with a youth group at, at a church that was already here. Went away from that, got a, secular job uh i'm doing doing uh some other stuff but i always knew that god wanted me to be in ministry and because i'm just a big child um i you know it was gonna be i've youth never ministry. noticed thank you son i play it well uh, <laughs> uh, um but because you know i'm i'm, I'm a big child uh, i always kind of was feeling convicted and and led to to go into youth ministry working with them and that kind of stuff. So I knew that's where God wanted me. Like I knew like the, the calling on my life. I, I knew that's where, where I wanted to go. Um, and then my family moved out to this podunk town in Pahrump, Nevada. Pahrump. Pahrump. Um, and yes, the Christmas song comes from it. Um, it, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> pump, pump. I guess I, I can't lie to you guys. Um, but it's a sin, Josh. Lying's a sin. We're not there yet in numbers. Um, (laughs) but like I, I knew it in my, uh, my family moved out there. They started going to this church that they, we kind of laughed about that. It was like a geriatric church. So everybody was like 80 years and older. Um, but there was this untapped potential for the kids of Pahrump. And obviously I was just drawn to that and I was just, I was just drawn to it. And then there was some red flags throughout like the interviewing process, meeting the pastor that was out there. There was some things that I'm like, ah, this doesn't really sit right, but I want to be in youth ministry. So I went and packed up my family, moved there anyway. And I love the kids, but 
the actual working, the actual like environment and that kind of stuff was not where my family needed to be. It was not good uh, for, for a while. Um, and then after two years, some crazy stuff went down um, that I'm not going to call out the one main church. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not going to call, call out the people and that kind of stuff, but just, just some stuff came down where I believe that it was absolutely God's discipline in my life of like, you should be listening to me. I've got, I've got something better in store for you. You should be listening to me. And, uh, my wife was pregnant. We had issues with insurance. So she came back up to Arizona, uh, mooched off of other people's <laughs> insurance, uh, living with, with her family, uh, doing that kind of stuff. I ended up quitting, coming back here by God's direction, um, not knowing what I was going to do, not having a job, not having any of this type of stuff. Just this wasn't right for me to be in this situation. It wasn't right for me to be doing this with my family. So I followed God's calling. I, I came up here within uh, three days. I think I had a job. Um, I started living with, with my in-laws. Um, shortly after that, because of the job, because of that kind of stuff, we were able to buy a house in downtown Florence, everything like right before COVID hit. So everything was still cheap uh, <laughs> um, and able to, to put some money into it and that kind of stuff. And man, it's just like just that step of I'm doing this out of churchianity and religiousness and that kind of stuff to going back here. And then that's when, when we moved to, to Florence, that's when we got plugged into LifePoint again, more consistently. And I met my church dad. <laughs> that's me. I instantly started, <laughs> I instantly started working with, with junior high because Mike was like, church son, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to throw you into this. And Work it was awesome me. and it was great. And, and now I'm here doing a job that I, well, first of all, youth ministry here but also a teaching job at a private Christian school that I kind of just went to the interview for because Heather Wiegert set it up for me. <laughs> and I was like, I don't really want to teach. I kind of want to do this church thing full time. But then that ended up working really well. And thankfully, there are jobs that I can I, I'm merging them together <laughs> and most of my kids at ACA are coming to the church now. I was going to say, you can see that on a Wednesday night. Like, merge. Sorry to everybody else going on a Wednesday night. <laughs> I love them though, but no, it's, it's awesome. Um, yeah, my life is just, it's just so different from what I thought it was going to be, but it's so much better and there's so much peace and, and just a silence almost mm -hmm. like a, a, a piece with, with what I'm doing and, and what we're doing and God's worked that with family life, work life, faith, all of that kind of stuff together. And yeah, completely different, but it's awesome. <laughs> totally awesome. Use the eighties terms here. Totally awesome. Dude. Totally tubular. <laughs> so you already heard my pickup story. So that's not following God's direction. And then, when we came out to Santan Valley, that was just 100% God saying, go and do this. Because uh, I had this great desire to actually be the leader of a youth group instead of a leader within a youth group. And uh, so 
we were living in Gilbert at the time, and originally when we moved to Gilbert, we were on the outside of Gilbert, on the very edge, by the farms, by the cows. In fact, we could sit in our backyard or on our porch and listening to the mooing for hours on end. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see the Air Force Base that is now an airport. <laughs> and it, it, was, it was really cool. Uh, but then... Everything started to be built up. Harkins was just being built when uh, God said, hey, move to Santan Valley. You're going to start a youth group. And actually, Pinal County back then, it didn't have a name. (laughs) But that place there, you know what it is, Mike, go into. And so I told my wife, "Um, I think God wants us to go do this. And she says, oh, well, it just so happens that uh, these particular pastors, we're we're members of Cornerstone at that time, um, they're coming out to plant a church. And so... We sold our house because <laughs> I knew we were going to do youth ministry with that church. And it sold within seconds. Uh, this is 2005. So you put your house up for sale. It sold within hours. And the only problem is trying to purchase a house was very difficult. You could pay 150000 extra for a house already built, or you could get on long waiting lists for a new build house, which we were trying to do because we wanted to save that money. And the house was not worth $150,000, no matter which house it was, more than the actual amount of the house. Um, so we just trusted in God, sold the house. We were able to, we couldn't find a house. We were on the list. No one ever called us. Um, but we were able to rent our house from the person we sold them, sold it to. And so we were able to stay in the house until we could find a house and move in. And so we did so and ended up in Santan Heights. And immediately, my oldest daughters were in junior high age seventh and eighth grade at that time and so they started making friends within their community and such and we started a wednesday night youth group so before the church was ever planted we had a youth group running from our house (laughs) and it was all because god said i am with you i i created your heart to desire to work in youth ministry you're there now you're ready to do it and you're spiritually ready to do it so let's go do this and we followed him, and he blessed it indeed. And I ended up here today <laughs> at LifePoint. And uh, it's just those those two moments are both stick in my brain, yeah. and I'll never forget the, going against God and going with God. And it's just a beautiful thing. So the question is, what's your life look like? Not you, Josh, but those listening. <laughs> what is God yeah, t- calling sure. you to do? It may be something as scary as moving to a different state, moving to a different town or whatever, yeah. With such as Josh and myself, maybe moving to a different country. Who knows? He might be having you going abroad throughout this world to tell people about Christ. It might be as simple as, hey, you know, you go to work every day and you're around people every day and you're my follower. You're a Christian. You have been saved. They have not. Why don't you talk to them about me? It yeah. could be yeah. that simple. And that, I mean, a lot of times that's just as scary for people than <laughs> getting off to, to another place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it can really be that simple. And, and we often try to, like with these great big moves and that kind of stuff, we often try to almost overcomplicate what God wants in our life. Right. We, we try to do that, but God, I mean, God wants us to talk to people. God wants us to fulfill that great commission. He wants us to, to have these relationships. And like, I, re- I remember being in times where I'm like, I need to go talk to that person. I need to go and like share this story with somebody. And I just felt convicted and I just didn't. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, why is this? Is there and then like three days later, I see the person again and I'm like, I need to tell you this, <laughs> you know? And it, 
and it could be something just that simple of God wants you to talk to people. Mm -hmm. God wants you to, to make him look beautiful through you. And it, it could be simple or it could, what Mike said, going backpacking around Europe or something and, <laughs> and uh, going in, in tribal places. It could be all of these things, but. Yeah, and as we talk about gifts lately on Sundays, um, yeah. he's created us each differently, given us unique gifts. Yeah. And so it can look different for each one of us. Yeah. So whatever that is and whatever he's saying to go and do, learn from the Israelites. Yeah. <laughs> go and do it. You don't want a plague. Yeah. We're going to scare you into following God. <laughs> do it. Do it now. Do it or you'll die. <laughs> but, but yeah, the question is, are you willing? Are you, are you willing to, to do it? God's. Yeah, as I've been was talking with the students last night. It's you can go and follow them and do that, and receive those blessings, or you cannot. And even if he's not going to discipline you in that moment, depending on what it is, you're not going to receive those blessings. Yeah, you're missing out. And those those blessings always relate yeah. to joy and peace in your life. Absolutely. Whatever, no matter how they come or what they look like. So all I can say is, you know, Pastor Talk is brought to you by Behringer Tools. If you need a nose trimmer, a toe clipper, or a hammer, Behringer, they'll take care of you. And of course, Lady Boss shoes. Lady Bo- most comfortable shoes you will ever find, ladies. And you will be a boss. And you for, will be confident. For ladies and bosses? If I'm a boss, can I? Just boss can ladies. I get, oh, okay. Just, just. I'm well. getting confused like with little a little baby boss at this moment baby boss lady boss bosses we thank you until next time god bless him and follow him peace